we are we've evolved quite a bit, I would say, beyond just selling Gutenberg blocks or patterns, which is where we started. We started Extendify. Our goal was to make WordPress easier. So like you mentioned automatic, that's where Arthur, my co-founder, and I were prior to starting Extendify. And you know, that was our first real opportunity to be exposed to the WordPress ecosystem for all its all its glory and all of its faults. And we saw how hard it was for a lot of people to get started. And so with Extendify, that was the goal we set out to... That was the problem we set out to solve when we left. And it started with a template library, a pattern library that allowed us to kind of figure out how to make beautiful designs and sites using just core components, not requiring a third-party builder or a custom block collections or things like that in order to get that done. And we've evolved to a full onboarding solution for WordPress where hosts can use Extendify to help their customers be successful. So that's, that's, our, that's our focus now is working with web hosts to make WordPress easier, activate, retain, and grow their WordPress customer base. So that's been fun. When you think about making WordPress easier for the end user, to me, like, again, I, you and I, and, and probably people listening to this, we're very close to the WordPress flame. WordPress is going to be 20 years old fairly soon. Yeah. And when I think of how to make WordPress easier for, for users, immediately, like, my brain goes to, oh my God, like, what is the internet? How to get a domain name? <laughs> like how do like how does technology work? What is a web protocol? <laughs> and I start thinking about all these things that actually impact the most basic users starting out. Like how do people access my website? Which is crazy to say in 2023. Yeah. Has there been any revelations in your journey with Extendify when you first started? What makes it easy for a user to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it is wild doing kind of user research and watching people go through the flow and seeing where they get stuck. And just to your point, like how basic, how some very basic things to all of us that know the space really well are not basic or not easy or not intuitive to someone coming in fresh to WordPress or even somebody with a little, a little bit of experience, but they don't live and breathe it every day. And for us, like we kind of the first focus for us in this kind of onboarding solution was how do we help people get an initial set of pages set up, styling that matches their brand and their preferences, some functionality that they need that aligns with their goals. So if they're looking for an e-commerce store or, or if they're looking to start a blog or whatever it is, whatever they're looking to do, how do we get them set up in a, in a kind of off to a good start? But what we saw in our user research was people would go through that. They would find that process pretty slick. They'd say, oh, that was easy, awesome. And then they'd get dropped into WP Admin or the editor or something and wouldn't know where to go next. So even something as simple as like understanding that you need to click update before your page is published, if the changes are published. Or you see the very top bar, you have options that say edit site, edit page, Maybe you have something that says customize there, all these different items. So there's a one in three chance that someone picks the right thing for what they're looking to do, but it's people just don't know where to go next. So that's been, I think this is the type of research that companies like Wix and Squarespace and Shopify do. They're you kind of look at how people go through the flow, where they get stuck and try to make it as simple as possible. And so for us, like we've, we've really had to evolve our product to not just be about that initial experience, but how do we then teach people and guide people through the rest of the steps? And so, yeah, that's that's the most surprising thing is how 
the things that we take for granted because we use them every day are just totally not intuitive to to some brand new users. So. I want to crack open the coach's playbook here a little bit because of your past experience in what I'll say is air quotes, the real world or the enterprise <laughs> landscape, or especially at Automatic. A lot of WordPress product builders, we build our thing, we get to Twitter and we say, here's a, here's a tweet. Hey user, it's so easy to add this block here. Follow my tutorial on my blog. And we start thinking about marketing and promotion and reaching customers on this sort of like one-to-one basis, right? Mm, How can yeah. I help this one person do this one thing because isn't it cool that I've built this and I want to help folks? I'd imagine, because you've you sort of said it before, that you're working more with web hosts because why not work with one customer that could get you thousands of customers versus one customer yes. that only gets you one customer? Is that a particular strategy? Is there anything there that you can share to enlighten some other product owners? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it comes to comes back to like where we where in the user's journey we want to be involved and help them. And for us it's right at that initial stage, right? We don't want to help someone once they've tried it on their own, they've installed a bunch of different page builders or tried a bunch of different themes and failed and struggle and they're frustrated and looking for a solution and then they find Extendify. That's not the experience that we that we want for that user. So for us, it's particularly important to partner with the hosts because that's where the users are starting their WordPress journey. They're, they're not downloading WordPress onto their computer and building their site and then finding a host. Everyone starts, almost, almost everyone, I should say, starts with a host, right? So, so for us to impact that experience, to make sure that those customers are successful and they stick around both at that host, but also within WordPress, right? Because if someone signs up for a WordPress plan and they fail, they're not going to go just try another WordPress host. They're most likely churning to Wix or Shopify or one of these other solutions. So so that's particularly important for us. But it's also, I think from day one, we've been focused on distribution. It, it is hard to get in front of users. It's easy to put out a tweet. And sometimes you can build a following and grow that way. And that is a, a valid way to grow a business. Um, but for us, we always we're kind of thinking about how do we reach customers in a way so that we can have the biggest impact possible. So, and, yeah. and the hosting channel is a, is a, is a good strategy for that for us. Is it as easy as saying, Hey, web host, you don't want to build this beautiful UI and these blocks and these patterns and these integrations. We've already built it for you. And Oh, by the way, maybe you can white label it to a degree and we'll support you on a more enterprise sort of offering. Is, is it as easy as that or a little bit more challenging? The, the messaging is, quite quite straightforward. When we talk to hosts, we talk about the problem that we're solving, the fact that a lot of their users struggle with WordPress and just pre-installing a few plugins, adding a form plugin and a couple themes and some caching plugin, like that's not enough to help those customers be successful. And to a person, they they agree with and validate that problem. It was not along very, very rigorously, vigorously when they hear that. They, they, they have this issue. Working with those, I mean, most of the time, they're not as deep into the WordPress ecosystem, despite it being 80, 90% of their business. I mean, a handful of them are, right? You have some of the very large hosts that are very involved and have teams focused on their WordPress offering. The vast majority of hosts in all these different geographies and different regions, like they they don't go to WordCamps. They don't listen to the WP Minute, even though they should, and maybe maybe yes. maybe more than will over time. But <laughs> yeah. they're just not as deep in the ecosystem. So so kind of reaching them, kind of describing our value proposition and, and our approach. I think it's it's not always super straightforward, but 
the 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 me- it really resonates the message and then our our solution doing so in a way that combines the kind of ease of use of some of the closed platforms with the power and flexibility of WordPress that you still get. So mm. there's um an obvious probably win as well and and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong but how about integrating with other themes? Becoming the premier sort of Gutenberg integration for themes. Is that on, on the plate or, is it, or do you find that theme companies, especially smaller ones, are kind of trying to do it all themselves and an integration just doesn't play well? We, we've taken the approach of we want to be theme agnostic. So we want Extendify to work well, regardless of which theme, with an asterisk that as long as it's a modern kind of block-based theme that's taken advantage of everything that's coming out with WordPress, people can switch and shouldn't be locked into a theme. I think we'll see that more and more, actually, as more themes kind of decouple functionality and content with the styling layer, the kind of the style and design layer. And I think it'll be exciting for most WordPress users where switching a theme doesn't have to be a, a big project and a, you hold your breath and you hope it all works out and you're not sure you have to go redo a bunch of stuff because so much was tied to the theme. And so we're, we're kind of all in on that future where we have our own theme. It's called Extendable, but it's very lightweight and it's meant to be you know, this canvas that we can build everything on top of. And if someone wants to switch to a different theme, that's totally fine as well. So I'm going to paraphrase, of course, everyone's favorite thing to do, Matt Mullenweg at the State of the Word 2022, which is roughly about a month ago. Um, sort of it said in passing, like, boy, wouldn't it be great to only have one theme? <laughs> or like no more core, no more uh, sort of like that, that annual theme, 2020, 2021, 2022, so on. And he sort of in passing said, wouldn't it be great to, to have this like this one theme? That's always, I mean, I've seen plenty of discourse around that idea. Like, why do we make one every year? Isn't this the point of like mm. Gutenberg and patterns and, and full site editing? Do you think that would be disrupted, the theme market? Any sort of take on what it would be like if WordPress just came with a core Canvas theme? And does that threaten you at all from a product perspective? I think there will be some evolution in the role that themes play. I think that's pretty obvious. Like as less of the functionality that you need to power a site, it ends up coming with the theme. And I think that has benefits for users where they can switch more easily. They can they're not locked into something that, you know, makes it very difficult for them to kind of maintain the site that they have, even if they want to switch the the kind of style design layer. I, I think there will always be a need for high quality designs, both the kind of styling elements of a site, high quality kind of layouts and patterns and and things like that. The form that that takes, whether that is someone packages that all up into one theme and and ships that or sells that or offers that to users versus having these things be more individualized where people can mix and match and kind of pick their own styling, but also use patterns or layouts that that, that fit what they're looking to accomplish. So I, I do think, I don't know if it makes sense fully to have flip a switch and have just a single theme. I don't think we have the infrastructure within WordPress to really support that and allow people to pull these different components easily. But I think as much as we can decouple things, gives users more flexibility and allows them to get to a better spot. Last question in this first segment of the program, full site editing. Moving faster and better than you thought or slower with more friction? <laughs> what, what's your take on the development of full site editing? And let me give you a second to, to, to think about it. I'll frame it with, my God, the other day, 
I was using a f- new full site editing theme, and I don't know if it's the theme or if it's just full site editing, but the experience to add a menu item, a navigation item in full site editing in a sub menu context, mm-hmm. literally impossible. Like the, dr- the, the, the fly out is like going off my screen, and I have to like zoom in and put my mouse pixel perfect to just get the link to get the cursor in there. And I was like, this is terrible. No one's ever going to do this. So yeah, that's my, <laughs> that, that's my caveman experience of full site editing. But what's your thoughts on full site editing? Is it getting there faster, better than, than you expected or not? I, I don't know about the timeline. I, I, I know that there are things that are really hard to do still in full site editing with the site editor. There are things that even if you can do it, it's hard to figure out how to do it. People don't even know that, that certain things are possible yet. And I know I've done, you know, Anne McCarthy will do these monthly testing, calls for testing. That's actually a pretty cool experience because you can see what's coming down kind of in future future work. And so you can see how some of these things are evolving. Menus was one that was, was one of the testing things just last month or a month, two months ago or something like that. And there was a prototype of a much better experience. So I have confidence that all of these things will be made easier none of these none of these issues i think that you're describing or all of us feel are unknown to the team it's just kind of working through it i think everyone wants it to move as fast as possible and everyone would love to move twice as fast but i think there are a lot of components to full site editing and a lot of different use cases across wordpress people use it for a whole host of different things so it's it's always going to be a challenge to keep up with every everything that everyone wants to be able to do and make sure that that's intuitive and accessible and easy for people. But we'll, we'll, I think we'll get there. So. I want to now sort of transition to talk about the business of WordPress, the WordPress ecosystem, and sort of your crystal ball moments for the rest of 2023 and what you see happening. I've seen, and, and here's the first sort of question here is, where do you think, how do you think, should WordPress product companies get better at business? And I'll frame this again to give you a second. There's a, there's a, a well-known company in our space. I won't say the name, but it's sort of like cool objective <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the riff of the name. And a lot of people are upset that there's this constant cross-promotion, constant heavy-handed upsells in some products. They have a suite, a range of products. And... On one hand, it's like, this is what happens when you get to this size business. These are the things you have to do to acquire new customers, to cross-sell, to upsell, to let your existing customers on one product know that there's another product in the suite that does this, this thing that you're looking for too. And I think for a lot of the diehard WordPress people, it rubs them the wrong way. I see both sides of the fence. Sometimes it can be annoying. Sometimes this is businessman and this is what has to happen I think there's going to be an elevation of more targeted marketing, SEO, user interface, integration. I think all of this has to level up. That's my take on it. Do you feel the same way that businesses have to level up their business game in 2023? Yeah, I, th- I think there are ways to for all sorts of all businesses to reach customers in a more relevant way, reach the right person at the right time with the right message. And for the most part, and the same is true in the hosting world, actually. If you go and sign up for a hosting plan, you are bombarded with six to ten other different <laughs> products that you can you can sign up for. You don't know what they are. You don't know why you need them. And 
that 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 company doesn't also doesn't know why you need them either. They're just kind of shoving things at you and trying to get you to buy more things and increase their attach rate, so to speak. And I think that's generally how kind of traditional advertising has worked within WordPress and promotion. It's kind of putting an ad somewhere, trying to get someone to upgrade, get someone to be aware of your other product, but it's not really relevant for that user most of the time. And so it ends up being annoying. It ends up being viewed as clutter and, and not something you need. So I think there are, uh, my, my hope is that more of this evolves to kind of personalized, relevant communication to, to users. So it's not just a, a banner advertisement that shows up, but when someone is working through a particular task, and then at that moment, that's when they need something, some other solution that will help them and be, mm. be a value to them. And for us, as an example, like we will, as people are going through the flow of Extendify, one of the big questions we ask everyone is what are their goals? I mentioned this earlier, but both what type of site are they building and what are their goals? What are they looking to achieve? And that allows us then to give them the functionality and make pretty relevant recommendations that align with their goals. So I think everyone should be looking to, for how they can do that, whether you're a, a web host or a WordPress product company, but how can you find either a really relevant partnership, some kind of op moment to, to message to that customer that is really relevant to them. So I think there'll be opportunities to improve, but it's tough. I mean, especially in WordPress, because a lot of companies have very little by way of like product analytics, like how people are using their products, where people find value out of their products. It's like you, you get some reviews on the, on the, on the repo, but it's, it's hard to understand how people use your products. So I think that'll be a good first step as people start to build, do user testing, user research, talk to your customers, really understand how they're using the product. And then you'll find really relevant ways to market to them and, in a, in a good way. Does the hair on the back of your neck stand up at all when you see Matt announce these new tags for themes and plugins to sort of self-identify his words, self-identify as a commercial endeavor? I forget all the, the tag names yeah, off the top right. of my head. Commercial open source, there's another one. And then there's the canonical plugins. With a right, with right few months after or a few weeks after, there's an announcement of like there's going to be a new UI, a new interface for WordPress.org slash themes. And one would imagine that would eventually come to plugins. We all know there's billions, with an S at the end of the billion, going through WordPress.org. I've talked about it with Matt before. I'm sure you all have talked about it as well, internally at, at Extendify and or maybe even at Automatic, that that is a massive opportunity for a marketplace. Caveat being, I know how hard it is to, to launch a marketplace and the infrastructure yeah. you'd need for it. But there's billions of dollars passing through that. Um, does that, does that worry you at all? Like how results are going to be surfaced to end users, to what's going to be recommended, to what these tags might mean for default filtering in the future? Does that ever come into play? No, I'm not really worried about the tags in particular, I guess I would say. I think it is really hard for people to find the right solution for their needs today. And so the experience for people to find plugins needs to improve tags, I think, will only help that, really. I think, and in some way, I think people hear that and they're worried that if I'm a commercial, if I have a commercial product that also has a free version, or even if it's not a free version, it's, it requires an account sign up or something like that, then I will be, it'll be harder for me to be found and people will, my, my, my result will be deprioritized. I actually think the opposite will happen in many cases. If you're a business creating a website 
and that website is mission critical to the success of your business in some way or another, you actually may want something that's a commercial product. You may want something that has a real team behind it. And it's not just something that someone built and put up out there for the world to use, but isn't going to be supported long-term and have, have the functionality that you need. So I, I think and I think there, there may be a few kind of growing pains as we try to figure this out, but but trying to figure out how we can better surface the right solution to people, whether it's a commercial option or a free option or some sort of canonical, it's just something that's part of the community that, that's driven. I think I think that'll that has to improve and I think hopefully it'll be good in the end. Fair enough. For folks who have been sitting on the sideline watching investments in other WordPress products and services, acquisitions, seed rounds, and all of that stuff, this is just a soapbox moment for you if you have a take on anyone trying to raise money this year, <laughs> maybe this quarter anyway, or the next two <laughs> quarters in the WordPress space. Any words of advice or any outlook on what maybe M&A looks like for WordPress product companies throughout the rest of the year or investment or the health of the WordPress ecosystem. Yeah. I'm, so by way of background, like at Automatic, one of the things I was working on was both acquisitions and investments that we made as a company. And then when we started Extendify, we raised capital as well, both from a couple of traditional venture investors and but but more more of our more of our capital has come from people with relevant experience within the WordPress community. And I think about I mean MA has already slowed down, right? From it's like the heyday of like during COVID when the internet was going crazy and I was seeing higher growth than they'd ever seen before. And it was a good time, good opportunity for a lot of folks to move on to other opportunities. I think there'll still be opportunities for M&A where there's a good strategic fit between the companies. So I think the best bet for anyone out there who's thinking about it, a potential exit for their business is, you know, Obviously, try to grow the kind of the best business you can, but also start to build some partnerships and relationships with other companies with whom your product or your offering may be a really good fit, and and that's where you're going to get the most value for the business that you built. So, in terms of raising capital, I think there's more of an opportunity to do that today than there ever has been, right? So you've had various individuals that have exited their business and now are interested in kind of experiencing that journey again, if you will, but doing it vicariously through others and kind of investing or helping in that and and some companies as well, both within the WordPress space or kind of around the WordPress space that start to see the value that exists here. So I think about raising capital, it's, 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 it's a very personal decision for someone. Like, is that the right decision for your business? Would the capital be helpful? Would the kind of having a set of investors around the table and people who could support you, could that be helpful? And we've been super fortunate to have fantastic investors who help us in ways that are much more valuable than just the the check that was written, whether that's being a sounding board, providing introductions, just generally being supporters of the business and helping to helping us in, in whatever way they can. So I'm looking at 2023 as a potential uh, sort of boom, uh, the services, the services side, freelancers, boutique agencies, regular agencies, 2007, 2008, I think was a perfectly good storm for WordPress, if I could say that phrase, economics, uncertainty, or economic crashes. And then you had sort of WordPress going from 
just okay to pretty good during that time frame, version three something. And it, it became a really good tool and a lot of products coming out at that time. So I think it was like the perfect combination of like, wow, we can really make a business with this WordPress thing, especially mm-hmm. since the economy was rough. A lot of people getting laid off. Potentially the same thing happening in 2023. Do you have any sort of outlook for services or any any direction you'd point anyone in if they were starting a, a services business today and WordPress was the tool that they used? I, I think I think there's certainly as much need for services businesses as there ever has been. People are doing all sorts of things with WordPress, right? It powers whatever forty some odd percent of the web, depending on what you look at. But you essentially have a hundred million different use cases. There are millions and millions of people who use it for all sorts of things, and that's the that's the beauty of WordPress is that it can be extended to do nearly anything. But a lot of those things take take a lot of work and are hard to do and and there are so many different niches that people can can find that are quite large maybe a small percentage of, of WordPress but are, are large in, in terms of absolute numbers that if you can get really good at helping people do X there there will be great great opportunities for that so I remain excited about people as, as, as especially those, as I mentioned, who can kind of specialize and really find something that they can do and help people be successful with. I think that'll be great. 